Over the last two decades, I've been on a quest to learn everything I can about leadership, obsessed with what makes the best leaders so good. After running companies small and large for the last 20 years, today I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo, and I'm your host. I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this topic, what makes the best leaders so good. Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader. I am John Laredo, your host, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself and, of course, leading your organizations. So I want to talk about the rules of attracting and developing top A talent. And here's basically what this comes down to. I know I get questions about this all the time uh, because it's absolutely an essential ingredient of being tomorrow's leader. I had talked last episode about what is tomorrow's leader. Well, tomorrow's leader is a highly versatile leader who is really adept at attracting and developing top A-list talent and influencing the right actions around a compelling vision. That's what tomorrow's leader is. And again, I don't care if you're a coach of a sports team or the CEO of a Fortune 100 company. That is what Tomorrow's Leader is all about. And we've talked about versatility. We'll continue to talk about that. Today, I want to talk about the rules of and, and the, the basically the ingredients of attracting top A talent and developing top A talent, because there's consistently things that I see top leaders do with this regard. So let's talk about, first of all, one is they just they have a mindset around the importance of recruiting. I look at somebody, there's great leaders out there that many people don't even realize. Somebody like a Steve Jobs. Here was what was interesting. Steve Jobs, obviously one of the most impactful leaders in history because he's changed the world and how we live. Uh, Many people think of him, if they were going to describe him, they're thinking, okay, he's a visionary. Uh, He's all about design. He's a brilliant mind. He's a mastermind. I mean, absolutely. I mean, he changed the way truly we live. Uh, At the same point, in the business world, he was looked at and admired as one of, if not the best recruiters ever. Most people don't realize that unless you've read his books and looked into his history, but he was a phenomenal recruiter. He was always looking to acquire top eight talent. He had no qualms about it. He would actually look and go well beyond what most people would say, wow, you're really reaching high. He figured what's the worst thing he can say is no, and he would be recruiting all the time. And he never delegated it. He personally did 5,000 plus interviews in his career. Think about that. That's unbelievable. He never delegated it. He was involved. And it's interesting. He recruited fantastic people. One of them was John Scully, who was the then CEO of Pepsi. And it's interesting because John Scully talks about this story and he says, you know, I had said no to Apple for years. I mean, at that time, uh, you know, why would I make a move? I had a great job. I was earning a lot. I was making a lot of difference and impact in a great company. And he finally accepted a meeting with Steve Jobs. And he said, you know what? Steve asked me one question and one question only that turned my mind, that changed my mind. And he looked at me straight in the eye and he said, John, do you want to be selling sugar water for the rest of your life? Or would you rather come with me and change the world? And that just hit home, right? And think about this. Top A players, it's not about 
the money, really. I mean, they paid John Scully, I think it was a $400,000 salary and a $500,000 $500, signing bonus at that time, which was nothing compared to what he was making. It wasn't about the money. It was about the ability to go and that vision of changing the world versus selling sugar water. Top A players, that's one of the things that they want is to have an impact. They want to be something, part of something unbelievable, which segues into my next second issue or, or rule is you've got to have a ultra compelling vision. But it's not just good enough to have the vision. It's not just good enough to have it in your head and kind of be able to see it. You've got to be able to articulate it in a powerful way. I know a lot of leaders that actually have a great vision, but they can't articulate exactly what it looks like and explain it in a way where it's motivating to others. That's a gap, right? You've got to be able to do that. It's not just seeing it yourself. And the best leaders have that. I can actually go into their organization and I can ask, random people uh, from staff to mid-level and senior executives. And I can ask them, what's the vision of this organization? The best companies or the best organizations, they can articulate it as powerfully as the CEO. And they believe it. It's almost, it's their vision. Like they created it. Those are the best organizations. Um, Third is you have to have a culture of high standards. And this is important because uh, A players want to be part of an organization that has high standards. They don't like to put up with B and C players. And they, worse yet, hate when the leader is not only putting up with it and tolerating it, but even recognizing it. That's not a place that they want to be. They want a place with really high standards. They're proud of those standards. They protect those standards. Okay, but if they see the leader not doing that, that's a big, big problem. And it's not just, you know, you don't set standards by talking about it. You don't say, okay, here's our standards. That's not it. That may start that way, but your standards are really defined by the lowest level that you are willing to tolerate as a leader. The lowest level of quality that you are willing to tolerate. It's actions. It's not just talk. And it's very easy to let those standards start to slip. Uh, and it's it's really one of these things. I've seen many leaders of organizations where they're like, wow, they're scratching their head. They're like, how do we get here? I don't get it. You know, I talked about this uh, before with uh, the slow degradation of standards. When ultimately people, it's a 1% drop, 1% drop, 1% drop over time. You're just dro- it's, you can't even see it. You can't even feel it. One little notch at a time, but over time, over three months, six months, a year, it's unbelievable. It's like, wow, we don't even recognize those places anymore. That's what happens. Top leaders don't let that happen. Here's number four. They differentiate. A players want an environment where everybody's treated fairly, but they don't want everybody to be treated equally. That's not good. The top person shouldn't be treated the same and given the same opportunities and rewards and recognition as the person in the middle or B or C player or D player. I actually see organizations that do that. Well, that doesn't make sense. And then they're surprised why they lose those A players. You know, I, I've, I have uh, shared a story which uh, is a great example personally. When I went to a, an excursion in Hawaii going down uh, Haleakala, which is an unbelievable uh, excursion. You go up to the top at, at, um, at uh, sunrise. You get carried up in a van. You watch the sunrise at uh, 10,000 feet up. It's unbelievable. You're drinking coffee, eating donuts. It's unreal. Then they give you a bike and you coast down literally 30 miles. You do not pedal once. It is un, 
unbelievable. If you get a chance, you got to do this. So for me, I'm thinking, wow, this is awesome. Like I'm going to literally set the land speed record on a bike. I am going to go as fast as I possibly can. So they line us all up. There's probably 12 or 15 of us. And they ask us one question before they give us a bike. They say, on a scale of one to 10, what's your comfort level on a bike? Everybody was a nine or a 10, except for one person. One person was a three because they had only been on a bike a few times. Where do you think they put that person who was a number three? You guessed it, right in the front. They lined up everybody else right behind that person. And I will tell you, it took an excursion that should have been exhilarating, and it made it excruciating. And I truly mean that. It went from exhilarating to excruciating because we could only go as fast as the weakest person, literally. So we had A players that were getting held up by a C player or D player. That was frustrating. Had another tour group gone by, flying by, I would have left mine and jumped on with theirs. And that represents sometimes people in your organization, your A players that realize, hey, there's an organization that's moving at a faster pace over there. I want to be part of that organization. That is what will happen. Ultimately, you have to differentiate. Here's the last thing. And you've heard me say this or put this out on social media. If they, they may love you, they may love your company. If your top people are not growing, they are going. Commit that to memory. They may love you. They may love your organization. If they are not growing, they are going. It's just a matter of time. The three things they need, number one is they need to grow. They need to be able to fulfill and feel like they're getting better and better over time. Secondly is they need to feel like they are having and making an impact in the organization. If they're great and they're not being utilized to be able to really leverage their talents, they're not going to want to stay. Okay, I know somebody who's a very successful leader. She's ready to leave because she doesn't feel like her talents are being utilized to the full extent. She feels like she can do that better somewhere else. That's a shame. And lastly is valued. They need to feel valued. They need to feel recognized, appreciated, of course, compensated. But it's not just the money. They need time and attention. Sometimes that's all it is. Sometimes leaders don't know how to lead top people. So they what they do is catastrophic. They get out of their way. They say, hey, I don't know what leadership to provide because they're really, really good. I don't know what I need to do. So they decide to do nothing and they disguise it in their head. They say this one thing. They say, hey, you know what? The best thing I could do for this person is stay out of their way. You know what? That's a cop out. It really is. It's a cop out because you're justifying and rationalizing an action that does not make sense because you don't feel like you know what type of leadership to provide. You opt to provide nothing. And then you're surprised because what happens that A player, here's what happens. They get confused. They're like, I don't understand why my leader's not paying attention to me. He or she is spending all their time with the B and C players, but not me. Okay, that confusion turns to distrust. That distress turns to resentment. That A player becomes less engaged. Now their results drop. The leader's scrambling and the A player is out the door. They're looking at other opportunities. That's what happens time and time and time again. It's like a movie. I've seen it a zillion times. I know how it ends and it's not pretty. And it all starts with that leader not acknowledging all they have to do is go to that person and say, hey, you know what? I want to help you do more business, easier, faster, better. I want to help you tap into your potential, easier, faster, better. What can I do to help you? It starts with that question. That's it. 
Just the fact, even if they said, hey, nothing, I don't need any help. So the fact that you asked that question does so much, but leaders are sometimes afraid to ask that question. So you can tell I'm passionate about this. This is a big one. It's a big need. If you want to be tomorrow's leader, you have to embrace these five uh, opportunities, these five rules. These are critical for your success and more importantly, the success of the people around you. So continue to like, share, all that kind of good stuff. Subscribe. I greatly appreciate your attention, your time, your feedback, your ideas. Uh, A lot of my best guests come from you as the listeners. So please keep those coming. And please go down to the bottom, hit that five star, give a comment, give a review. I greatly appreciate that as well. All right. Thanks. Have a great day. Take care. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader for suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching. Reach me at john at loritogroup.com. Once again, that's J-O-H-N at L-A-U-R-I-T-O-G-R-O-U-P.com. Thanks. Lead on.